Oh, did he wake up? He's ready, huh? You want a cracker, Benny? Amen. Well, it's uh, good to be in the house of the Lord. It's so good to have our pastors home. Amen? Amen. We love them, and uh, I was just a little jealous of all the food. I think I only want to go on a cruise to get the food. Not all those excursions, that's cool, but I just want free food for a week, right? It's, uh, it's awesome, just the privilege that he gives us to uh, get to grow in our gifts and develop what God's doing in our hearts. And, and I asked him if I could do this because I really believe um, God wants to do something great in this day and hour. And so we started last week. And uh, how many of you were here last week? Got something out of last week. Amen. We all learned to be patient. How many of you guys had your patience tested this week? Yes. How many of you shared the gospel this week? Awesome. Look at these. All right. A couple of you. The rest of you failed class. All right. Moving right along. But uh, let's pray. Father, I just thank you today, God, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy in this place. God, uh, I just ask that Sean would step aside and your Holy Spirit would be free to speak and minister to every heart and every life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just want a quick recap. Last week, we talked about um, what are you fishing for? And uh, this week, we're just going to pick up right where we left off. We talked about the patience part. And uh, some people take years um, to receive the, the gifts of God. But we talked about that Jesus never invites us um, to change our vocation or our occupation, but it's clearly just an invitation Amen. To live our lives on purpose, on mission, to be, um, to be aware of the people around us, to be patient with the people around us. And, and so this week, for the sake of time, I, I'm just going to give you all guns a-blazing. So f- sit back, fasten your safety belts, get out a notepad and a piece of paper. I didn't print an outline for you. So uh, we're going to put some stuff on the walls for you. You can follow along. But as I was praying, I, I came across this quote from Jar- Charles Spurgeon. And uh, he said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. I had to sit back for a minute, and and I was like, oh my goodness. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. And I was like, man, that guy, he knew how to get right to the heart, didn't he? He knew how to, he knew how to just get right into where we live, right into to what we think is right and acceptable before God. And so this morning, I believe that I'm going to shed some light on how to live your life as a missionary right here at home each and every day. Amen. God asks us to give away what we receive. I, um, Sorry, I don't have any candy. I thought that only the kids like candy, you know, during service. And um, somebody came and stole all my bait last week. And, um, and so I'm sorry I don't have... Um, yeah, some of you had a good lunch right after service on my bait. So uh, we're going to figure out how to, how to make do this morning. So if you, if you missed it, I, don't, I guess there wasn't a video, but yes. So turn your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And um, today I want to follow up with the tactics of a fisherman. Go ahead, Eli. Finally caught a fish. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about our tactics. See, tactics, as defined in the dictionary, are an action or a strategy carefully planned to achieve a specific end. Or in other words, it's your methods of evangelism. See, methods are a particular form, a procedure for accomplishing or approaching something, especially a systematic or established one. This morning, as you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22, I believe Paul understood the methodology, that's a big word this morning, of reaching those 
he came in contact with. You can turn on the lights. They're probably trying to read in their Bibles, or you can read it off the wall this morning. It says, to the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. Man, that kind of goes against uh, just what we do today, doesn't it? Think about that. We're, we're constantly trying to, uh, to be strong in front of everybody. You know, you know, I don't have any issues in my life. I, I put on this facade. I, I don't have any weaknesses. I'm, I'm like Mr. Super Christian. Amen? But Paul says, well, back up a second. To the weak, I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men. Now, careful here. That doesn't mean you become a drug addict. That doesn't mean you become an alcoholic. That doesn't mean... <laughs> We've got to preface those things. We don't become the things of this world that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. Living evangelistically is all about our patience and our methods. I started thinking about what does it mean to be weak? What does it mean to, to live with those people? And, and I've really kind of begun to get an understanding of this is it's what we talked about last week, being patient and listening to people. Amen? If you're always the person with all the answers, how many of you guys have a friend in your life that they just tend to have an answer for everything? And they tend to never say, I don't know, let me look that up. They just have that, all the answers. Got real quiet, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, we'll move right along to my first point this morning. In order to, to live evangelistically, number one, we have to let go of our burdens. Um, we started talking about this a few weeks ago with the interns, and um, how many of you guys feel a little burden these days? You know, the pressures of life, situations, and, and different things, and, um, and Jesus said in Mark, or Matthew chapter 11, and verse number 25, he said, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I started thinking, my God, what's wrong with us today? Your yoke is, is easy. This burden should not be heavy on our hearts. But I, I believe that the problem is, as believers, we're walking around with burdens that God's not asking us to carry. We're walking around carrying things, holding things that God never asked us to carry. I don't know if you guys have ever been fishing, but typically when you go fishing, you don't pack a lot of stuff. I mean, because you're, you're going to walk, you're going to travel up and down the stream, you're going to walk around the lake, unless you got that cool boat like I was talking about, Pastor and Chris have, that you can load up the back of it. But for the most part, you want to pack light, man. You got to be able to, you know, do your thing. You got to navigate out onto the rocks. And, and if you're weighed down, you're, you can't effectively fish. And I started thinking about our lives and, and why many of us struggle with fishing for men. And I think it's this very point right here is we are burdened with the cares of our lives in such a way that, that we aren't carrying the burden of winning souls for Jesus Christ. We're allowing our worries and our fears and, and our situations and our circumstances to pull us away from the very burden that God desires for us to carry. He wants us to, to love people as we talked about last week. He wants us to be patient with people. But how many know when you're burdened with your own situations, we're a little impatient with the process because we're impatient with the situations in our lives. We're impatient with God. See, many of the distractions in our lives are burdens that we have placed on ourselves, and quite honestly, they aren't of God. But I believe Jesus said it best in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 49. He said, I must be about my Father's business. See, many of us, I think for myself, there's a lot of days that I'm not about God's business. Yes, I, I work at the church. I get, I get paid to 
to, to be here, and this is one of my jobs. I get paid to run the, the Lord's Gym and Outreach Center. But there's some days that I wake up, and I'm quite honestly, I'm not about my father's business. I am caught up in my day. I'm caught up in, in, in just all kinds of other things that come my way. And, and I find myself walking out into our neighborhoods, walking into the places of businesses in our community. And I am on one purpose and one purpose only. And that is my business. Amen. And, and every day I'm coming in contact with people that God has asked me to reach. But I'm so burdened sometimes with my own things that I, I'm not aware of the people that I'm coming in contact with. It's almost like there's this veil over my eyes, and, and I'm probably the only one, so you guys can pray for me this morning. You see, we spend too much time trying to catch... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. Don't be burdened with tomorrow, but just focus on each day. You know, this first point, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on here, but because you could spend probably a couple hours on our burdens and our lives and our situations, but I came across this verse a while ago, and I, and I looked it up, and I, I tried to find a picture of it. But Psalms 119 and verse number 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? I read the word of God. Oh, he lights my steps and stuff. And I started thinking about the burdens of my life. And what many times these burdens that we carry are because we don't know what tomorrow holds. God, what do you, what, is it going to happen tomorrow? Is it going to break tomorrow? And he said, God, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you start understanding this, what they would do is, is they tied like candles to their feet so that as they walked through the night, the lamp would light their steps. And I don't know about you guys. We, they didn't have cool flashlights like we do today. They had a little lamp on their feet. And every step they took, it lit up that one step and then the next step. And then the next step. See, in order for us to effectively fish for men, we got to allow God just to light up today. God, just, just light today's step. God, who, who is that person that I, I'm called to interact with today? What step do I take today? I'll just take today. I'm not going to worry about where Brad's at. I'm just going to worry about today. I'm just going to take this step and then the next step. And you know what? At learning to do this, I find my burdens are getting a little lighter. Because I find that God is taking care of tomorrow. God's taking care of next year. God's taking care of 10 years from now. I can't, there is nothing I can do to affect tomorrow until tomorrow comes. You don't know what tomorrow holds. We can stand true to God. We can hold fast to our faith, but we don't know. So number one, we got to let go of unnecessary burdens. Number two, we need to understand the fish we're commissioned to catch. How many of you guys go fishing, and uh, you're going fishing for trout. Wouldn't it be awkward if all of a sudden you caught a shark? It'd be really awkward. Or, or say you're fishing for halibut, and you catch bass. I mean, we, we got to understand as, as believers the fish that God's called us to catch. I, I love this verse, Luke chapter 5 and verse number 32. I didn't come to invite good people to turn to God. I came to invite sinners. And I think one of the things that's big on my heart right now is we are so caught up in trying to convert doctrines instead of winning souls. See, Jesus didn't come so that we could jockey for which doctrine is better. 
Jesus came to invite sick people to be healed. We spend too much time trying to catch the fish that are already caught. Not about converting brothers and sisters to another doctrine. It's about catching fish that need Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 31. Sorry, I, I know it's a little rough. I'll get, it'll get good, I promise. I actually found some candy, so you guys are going to get buttered up. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 31, it says, And Jesus said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. You know who we're supposed to be catching? The sinners, the ones that are far from God. When you're talking about patience, when you're talking about casting your bait, when you're talking about using different tactics, when you're talking about throwing it out there, finding different locations, what are we doing? We're catching fish. We're looking for sinners. But so many times we come over here and we're like, oh, Brother Dwayne, I love you, man. I know you go to XOSO, but man, brother, you should come over here because that's blah, 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 blah. He's already caught. And I put all my focus into Brother Dwayne so I can come in. I go, oh, man, look, I brought Brother Dwayne here. But he already loves Jesus. He already knows the Lord. Just because he doesn't believe exactly like me doesn't mean that he doesn't love the Lord. And I think we're so focused sometimes. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just hear other people. But I think sometimes we're, we're missing it. We're casting our bait amongst those that are already caught. What, you think you're going to catch them better? They're already in the net. They're already caught. Jesus already got them. Amen? They're, they're already in the kingdom. Can we learn more about God? Can we get closer to God? Absolutely. I'm not talking about that today. I'm just talking about our focus and understanding who God has called us and commissioned us to catch. Amen? You guys are all, I know Joanne wants the sweetest fish today. She told me last week she didn't want chocolate. She wanted a gummy worm. What was it, Joe? No, it was Sally. Where's Sally? Sorry. I'm sorry, girls. I didn't mean to get you mixed up this morning. You're both so sweet. My final point for you this morning. You're like, you're already done? No, this is a long one. <laughs> we must live intentional. I want to camp here for a few minutes this morning because I believe that this is the very thing that will motivate us this morning. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 32. I mean, Ecclesiastes 11.4. Sorry, my eyes aren't working this morning. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Don't expect ideal situations when it comes to evangelism. See, evangelism is going to force you to move out of your comfort zone. Winning a soul for Jesus Christ is one of the most uncomfortable things, and yet it's one of the most amazing things you'll ever experience in your life. But I love this verse. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Today is not my day to share the good news. You don't know what I am going through. You don't know. I don't have the, the depth of the theological studies of pastor. I don't know the word like so-and-so. We, we begin to discredit when we can sow. We, we begin to look at, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I, man, I got this project at the house. I'm at the hardware store, and I don't have time to, to be loved to this person right now. 
I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Is it time the biggest enemy of our lives right now? It's the biggest enemy. But also our surroundings, our situations. We think, oh, today's not my day to sow. Today's not my day. Uh, you don't know what's going on. You don't know all these things. I have found over and over, we touched on it last week, that the more I'm about my father's business, the more he's about my business. And I find if I just sow every day, do my best to live intentionally, to sow every day, I'm not going to reap every day. There, that's, it's not, not normal, okay? I might not reap for years, but that doesn't mean I'm going to not sow today. I'm not going to sow tomorrow. Who are the people that God has placed in your life? I find more times than not the greatest moments in evangel evangelism are usually filled with the greatest moments of fear, uncertainty, worry, anxiety, and so on. But I'm here to give you a little secret this morning. If you're feeling that voice deep in your heart, how many of you have ever felt that voice or that leading to say something to somebody? Show of hands, we've all felt it, right? And, and I felt it this morning. I had to go buy more candy, <clears throat> Sam, and standing in line at Walmart, and, and the ladies there are like, man, you're buying a lot of candy. And I'm like, I got a lot of fish to feed this morning. She's like, what? I'm all his bait. She's all, what are you talking? I'm like, I'm preaching this morning about fishing for men, and this is my bait. And she's like, oh, that's good. But I had to, I'm like, and, and so I started witnessing to her and just showing her the love of God. But I could have been like, man, i got to get to the church. I'm preaching this morning. But I just slowed down. I said, you know what? Maybe this is my opportunity to talk to Julie this morning. Maybe this is my opportunity to share the love of God. They see me too much in there. So you know what? Next time I'm in there, maybe I can talk a little more. Maybe I can talk a little more. Maybe I can talk a little more. You never know. I'm not sharing this to brag on myself this morning, but a couple weeks ago I was at Costco. And this lady comes walking up to me, and she grabs me and hugs me, and I'm like, who is this lady? She's like, Pastor Sean, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And she's like, oh, I quit working at Walmart, and, and I miss seeing you, and how's the church going, and how's the gym going? I'm like, Walmart, who is this lady? And I remember, and I was like, how awesome is this, that I built such a relationship with somebody outside of our church that when she saw me outside of my environment, she was able to come up and talk to me. And be, When I'm talking about living intentionally, it's about building relationships and loving people. Amen? And I'm, I'm just sharing that to just be an example, not to say I got it all together. Trust me, I'm a mess walking around a lot of times. And why'd you say amen? You know what, Lacey? I got something for you. I got the biggest hook in the bag for you, sister. I love you, Lacey. Pray for you. This morning, you don't think our Father in Heaven understands the ways of men? Think about it. How many of you guys have ever been rejected by sharing the love of God with somebody? Oh, yeah. Like, I just fed you pizza, and you're just going to walk out on me like that? That's cool. It's cool. Yeah, you're welcome. You didn't even say thank you. But Jesus also understood men. Yet Jesus was completely and absolutely intentional about every single one of us. Everything he did and all that he was about 
was strategic and absolutely intentional. There wasn't a thing that Jesus did by accident. It wasn't an accident that what he went through is what he went through. It was completely strategic by our Father in heaven. It was completely intentional because of his great love for humanity. When you think about those people you see every day in your life, think of how Jesus was intentional for their lives. He had one mission and one mission only. That was to restore humanity back to the Father. See, we also should have one mission only. Each day, our mission should be about restoration to the Father in heaven. Every single one of us is called to be missional in our lives. Some of you this morning may just be the guy that throws the seed. Some of you, even worse than that, may just be the guy that spreads the fertilizer. You're just preparing the ground. And it's dirty. It's smelly. But it's intentional. How many know if you don't till the ground and you don't put some poo-poo in it? It doesn't matter what you put in the ground. It doesn't matter what seed you sow. If you don't prepare the ground. Sorry, Mindy, she liked that one. But you never know. You may be the one that's watering. You're just watering. You don't know what somebody said to that person before you. You don't know what somebody's been praying for that soul. You don't know what grandma, you don't know what grandpa, you don't know what mom, what dad, you don't know what Sunday school worker. You never, ever know what season somebody's life's in. So it is absolutely necessary for believers to live intentional. One day a pastor told the manager of a department store, I've talked about all, talked about carpets, bedding, and appliances with you many times, but I've never talked to you about my business. They went back in the office and the pastor opened his pocket Bible and began to urge the manager to become a Christian. Tears began to roll down his eyes and his face. And he said, I am 70 years old. I was born in this city, and more than 100 ministers and 500 officers of various churches have known me in a business capacity. But you are the only man that has ever talked to me about my soul. That day, he knelt on his knees and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. You may be number 99. You may be number 100. You may be the 500th, millionth, thousandth, whatever. But when my life is lived on intention, I believe that we can have stories like this more and more and more. Remember last week, every 13 seconds, somebody passes into eternity. Whether heaven or hell, it clearly lies in our hands as believers. If I could have our interns come up this morning and line up here, I wanted to 
figure out a way to illustrate this. And um, I thought the best way, you guys can stand up here. You guys all look really good today, and I want you guys to protect me from the fish. This morning, I, I started thinking about each, well, actually, a couple weeks ago, but how to, how to illustrate this. And I, I thought about each one of their lives, and, and I'm not, I would love to take credit for all these kids, because they're awesome. But for some, it took a Spider-Man fishing pole. For some, it, it took a little bigger pole. Which one of you was a little hard to get? Um, it's Jess. <laughs> Some of you were, were a lot easier because a lot of people already prepared the grounds, already watered, cared, nurtured, cared for, brought to church, invested in them in Sunday school, poured into their lives. So I just had to put a net out there. Some of them, I, I just had to find a stick. If I just had a stick to tie this stinking hook to, I could catch them. Not really me, but you know what I mean. People did the work. I just had to sucker them in. Then there's some of you, we had to go deep. Not, not because you're a bad person, but there's just stuff that, that God needed to do in your life. No, not you, sorry. And then there's others that we just had to be sweet to because all they were looking for was love. All they were looking for with somebody to believe, somebody to nurture them, somebody to care for them, somebody to be a role in their life that they felt was missing. No, you don't get to eat that. <laughs> I'm getting my exercise. I'm going to take them all with me. I'm getting dizzy walking in circles. But then I look at each one of these lives. I, you get these because we used them last week, and I already talked enough about you. <laughs> I didn't bring these people up here to, to boast on them, but to illustrate something this morning. That I can't take credit for what these kids are doing today. These kids invest 20 hours of their life as volunteers to our church. They go on campus. They do outreaches. They're spending time with kids that are lost. But it's because of each and every one of you. You taught a Sunday school class to them. Maybe you prayed for them. Maybe not them personally, but somebody like them in your life. And I will tell you, it wasn't one thing that caught each one of these kids. 
But I will tell you that each one of these kids lives in your life every day. And God is absolutely intentional about multiplying the catch of fish because of what he wants to do in them and what he wants to do through them. And when I look at these kids, they're not kids, but I, I say that because I'm so proud of them. I wonder who they're going to catch. And I'm beginning to see a pastor had such a powerful illustration a couple months back with a $20 bill. And I want you to see how that $20 bill has multiplied. And every single one of these interns is the fruit of people just like you being intentional, forgetting the burdens, forgetting the distractions, and being love, being hope, showing joy, spending time with them, getting up at 5.30 in the stinking morning to play basketball, feeding them constantly, Replacing furniture constantly. I'll do it all again. You guys can distribute your bait this morning. Yes, you guys can share your bait. I'm only having them share bait so I can preach longer. I figure if I feed you lunch... The Holy Spirit said, if you feed them, they will come. And he also said, if you feed them, they will stay. Make sure Sally gets a gummy worm or a sweetest fish. What was it, Sally? Sally needs a gummy fish or gummy worm over here. Man, you guys get all excited over candy. This is awesome. Lost it completely. You guys are already on a sugar high and you haven't even eaten it. This morning as you're having your movie snack, please watch this last clip. So we caught some fish, and we were pretty stoked. But all this fishing got us talking about life, about how we are fishers of men. When a person gives their life to God, their old life ends, and they are cleaned and given new life, pure and blameless in the eyes of their Father. They are set free, no longer in slavery to sin, but free in Christ. But too often, we think that this is the end. We did it, we're finally done. But in reality, this is only the beginning because there is some dirty work to do. Discipling new Christians, or anyone really, is usually pretty messy. God never said it was going to be easy. He called us to not only preach the gospel, but to make true disciples. So it's up to us to reach the world, not just to see people saved, but to see people transformed. Amen, amen. Reaching people is dirty work, amen.
I couldn't eat that fish after that. I'm sorry. I shared that last week. There's something about gutting a fish and then having to eat it. <sighs> I know we're supposed to have dominion, but I, I fall short in that department. As I close this morning, Bill, if you come back and play that new song, I believe God the Father. Whole band can come back, please. I don't go fishing. I, I, I don't like fishing, I, period. They, your, your hands stink afterwards. <laughs> right? Come on, Matt. No? I go catching. Because every time I walk up to that water with a pole in my hand, I am believing God for a catch. And I'm intentional every day about catching somebody for the Lord. And I think the hard part is so many times we're in the ocean trying to catch a fish with the wrong pole. I, this is one of my little guy's pole, and this thing has caught more fish. <laughs> this thing's a weapon of mass destruction. But at the same time, if I were to hook an ocean fish with this thing, I'd be done. And when it comes to our lives, we got to recognize that there's, there's times where I need Spider-Man. There's times where I need a just, I don't, I'm not a fisherman. I don't know what that is, whatever. But then there's times where I, I need a, an ocean pole. There's times where all I need is just a net. They're so ready. I mean, they're just on the side of the shore. They're just ready for you to reach in and grab. Because God is so intentional about humanity. And this morning, God's intentional about you. There's some of you this morning that you need to know that God is intentional about your life. He's intentional about you spending eternity with Him. He was intentional about sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. As Pastor shared this morning in communion, it was completely intentional because God's desire is to restore man back into a relationship with Him. This morning, I want to ask you, who are those people that God has placed in your life? Say, well, Pastor Sean, I don't know if I can do this. I, I'm barely saved. I'm not saved. I, I still struggle with things. I love this verse. I didn't put it in my PowerPoint. You can look it up in your Bible if you want. But Luke chapter 9, verse number 1, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority. He gave his people power. He gave his people authority to cast out demons, to cure the sick. And the whole time we're walking around going, I don't have the right bait. We walk out these doors and we wake up tomorrow morning and we go, I wish I had pastor's tackle box. God, I don't have what it takes to share the gospel. 
the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, I believe it like this, that the heavens part and His Spirit comes down and pours into the heart of man power and authority so that we can go out of these doors and we can begin to share the gospel in such a way that those that are far from Him can come run into the altar and they can surrender their life to Jesus Christ. They'll be healed of their diseases. They'll be set free of their addictions. I don't know what you believe in the house this morning, but I believe in a loving God that was so intentional about my life that he stopped a bullet from taking my life. Many of you know my story. I should not stand on this platform this morning. But God was so intentional about his love for me. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care where you're at right now today, but God's love is so intentional for you. He'll take every broken part of your life. He'll take every weak piece of your life, and he'll take it, and he'll surround it with the blood of Jesus Christ, and he'll throw it to the side, and he's going to fill you up with such power that when you walk out these doors, if it's a Swedish fish or a gummy worm or a Hershey's kiss or a... He's going to use you to set the captives free. If you'd bow your head this morning. John chapter 12 and verse number 32. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, then I, Jesus, will draw all men. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's okay. I will draw all men unto me. It's not our job, church, to draw them. It's our job to be the mouthpiece. If you just lift up the name of Jesus, if you're peace, if you would be hope when hope is needed, if you'd be faith when faith is lacking, if you'd be grace when guilt is won, if you would show peace when distress is overshadowing, and if you could walk in love. I'm not going to get on a tyrant right now, but what good is the body of Christ when all we're doing is fighting each other? What good is it to belittle other beliefs and other doctrines and other churches and other congregations and other things when the whole time our cities and our nation is going down the drain? God wants souls saved. Father, we thank you today. God, for your great love. God, we thank you for hope in this house this morning. Father, I thank you today. Your intentional love is here to break things right now in Jesus' name. Father, right now there's somebody in this room that's never experienced your love. They've never experienced your forgiveness. Their soil's been turned. People have fertilized their life. 
people have sown seeds into their heart. But today, God, they're wrestling with whether you're real or whether you're just some great story. God, today I want you to intentionally grip their heart in this room right now. If that's you, friend, and you say, I've never experienced God's love. I've never experienced his touch. But today is my day. I feel God's intentional love for me. I feel his presence right now. That thing you're wrestling right now, that's his intentional love for you. That's his spirit going, are you ready to receive? That's his spirit saying, I gave you the bait. I sweetened you up with candy this morning. I showed you the love of God this morning because God is intentional about your life, young man. God's intentional about your life, young lady. He's ready to take those burdens. He's ready to take that pain, and he's ready to wrap it with his love. If that's you this morning, nobody looking around. Could you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Sean, that's me. I need God's intentional love in my life. I, don't, I am broken. I am destitute. I am strung out. I am messed up. I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to look, but I need something to break in my life. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. There's four. Any more? Any more? I think there's a young man. There's a young man that's wrestling right now. Anybody else? God's intentional love. Father, we thank you today. There's four. Is there one more? I believe there's a fifth this morning in the house of God. God's intentional about touching your heart. He's intentional about changing your life. He was so intentional, man. He removed every drug addiction from my life. He healed every hurt. He took away every pain because he wanted to do something greater with my life. If that's you today, raise your hand right now. Say, God, touch my heart. Touch my life. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Church, would you stand to your feet this morning? Tactics are all about knowing when to speak and what to speak. But I will tell you, and I have blown it a lot of times. I don't stand up here as a pastor and try to act like I got this all figured out and I'm the superstar evangelist. Trust me, I blow it. I miss opportunities. I, I neglect chances. But I also know that God is showing me some things. He's revealed to me different ways how to be creative, how to, how to reach people, how to love people, how to touch people, how to, how to be his hand extended in the earth today. And I believe God wants to do that in every single one of us. So, Father, we thank you today. If you're that person that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do the boldest thing you'll ever do. I'm going to ask you to walk down to this altar and let us pray with you. The Bible says, if you will confess me before men, that I will confess you before the Father. This morning, his love is so intentional for you I'm all tied up. He's been throwing bait at your life. Those people that brought you, those people that showed you love. There's somebody that's been praying for your life. I guarantee that every soul that's saved, there's a person behind them praying for them. It doesn't happen by accident. God is so intentional. 
that's you this morning and you raise your hand, there's four or five of you. We would love to lead you in a very simple prayer. And I know it's the hardest step to take, but here's the beautiful part. Everybody in this room almost has taken that step before. And every person in this room is going to love you. They're going to accept you. They're going to embrace you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to think lesser of you because you are in the family of God. Amen. So if that's you this morning and you raise your hand, will you please be bold enough to walk up here and let a few of us pray with you this morning? Please. Come on. I challenge you. Be brave. Be bold. Come on. Awesome. Thank you. If you came with somebody this morning, walk up with them. Come on. If somebody brought you this morning, come and stand with them. If you know them, stand behind them. Come on. Awesome. Anybody else? Four super bold ladies. Actually, three. Sorry. Come on, young man. God's intentional for you. He's waiting. Don't let the women be bolder than the men. I am so competitive, and right now we're losing. <laughs> 